Hey, hey. It's Chanel. And Chris. And we are so glad you're joining us today for yet another episode of Same, Same, But Different. So in our trailer, we mentioned um, kind of what led us to the choices, uh, kind of the precursor for our friendship and what um, ultimately got us to this podcast and some of the conversations that we were having. And and that was really kind of thinking about and, and having an awareness of just like how discontented we were with certain circumstances in our lives, whether it was personally or professionally. Um, and I think to elaborate on that, just like feeling like we weren't able to show up as whole people, um, in our authentic selves. Like, did we even know our authentic selves, let alone were we showing up on it today? We're talking about divided lives and want to kind of pull the thread on that a little bit more. So I'll turn it over to you. <laughs> yes. Let's pull this thread. I love this phrase that you say, pulling the thread. Cause it always just reminds me of tapestry. You know, um, and just like the art, you, you you identify yourself as a fiber artist, correct? I right? do. And so, ever since I heard you you identify yourself as a fiber artist, I um, and then I hear you talk about pulling the threads. Like I definitely see the connection, you know, that between that. But it also takes me back to this idea of a tapestry that is woven, and it is this you know mix. It creates these different colors and images and it's an artistic thing but it is this at the end when you're done it's this very strong thing that is woven together and as we embrace this idea of divided lives i love the idea and even just the mental imagery of pulling these threads that will undo this tapestry that has become our lives as we as we know it which is immensely influenced by familial and societal norms uh, and expectations. And because we are in the space that we are in our lives, we get to pull that thread and unravel it so then we can create a tapestry that is truly of our own creation that might still include some of those systematic and familial things, um, but we're more clear as as the why. So jumping into divided lives, I um, first started pulling the thread before I knew I was, you know, I would call it that. Um, a few years back, I had the absolute wonderful, most amazing experience that I almost missed uh, to be a part of a amazing nonprofit. Uh, so through this nonprofit, we taught different exercises and an effort one was to educate people but also to provide a different perspective and then give people the opportunity to choose around all of that and one of the exercises we did it was called divided lives and it was beautiful conversation and understanding how not only do we live divided lives society and systems perpetuate us thinking that we need to or us actually needing to from a safety perspective. Yeah. And through these conversations around what does it mean to live a divided life, I got to start to see how I was one person or I could be one person or I felt like I could be one person around my family. But then I was different at work Mm. and I was different with this group of friends or different with that group of friends. And... It would, my alumni organization, like they've got to experience different sides of me. Yeah. And I don't know if any one of them ever got to experience all sides of me. So much so that for every year for my birthday, for a very long time, I tried to always get all my worlds together. 
Oh. Because I'm amazing people and I wanted them to know each other and I wanted them to interact. And I, I had this desire to for just some form of consistency and stability in who I got to be uh, until that faithful day finally came after years of trying to organize and plan. Uh, and that was extremely overwhelming, putting all these people in the same room. Because you just saying that, like, I felt that. <clears throat> I felt that in my like in my body and like the event planner in me is like oh god no 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 like no <laughs> so I mean power to you kudos to you for even having that desire uh oh yeah a better one than me <laughs> yeah well I haven't done it then, since then, um, and I don't know if I'll ever do it again, but not because getting the people together was a challenge in itself. That was a beautiful experience because I was directly faced with the divided lives. Yeah, it makes me, that makes me think of like, and I will probably always talk about her when I can, but Priya Parker has this book called The Art of Gathering, and she talks about like, how do you norm a situation so that everyone understands what the like rules of engagement are and then also just feels comfortable in that space because we just often throw everyone into a space and assume that because there's this central idea not even like a theme or a mission but just like you being the person of focus that that will be enough to make everyone feel comfortable in a room and it's just it it doesn't you have to do the work to ground that and and again as an event planner like i wish you had somebody else to facilitate the logistics so that you could have just been be at that party and enjoyed various people and maybe if you wanted to facilitate some introductions or something then great so be it but like other than that like oh i'm just overwhelmed for you like i just i want to like redo the maybe we should redo this party maybe well we can talk about that well you you know you you bring up a good point because just around this i the idea of making this assumption or maybe even it's an, a hope a desire a, a really big want a really big ask to have this one connecting thing be more than enough to bring people together. And the way that you said that really hits home to my desire to want to be consistent within myself. So it doesn't matter where I'm at, who I'm with, I, because I say so, I get to be this clear, concise individual that doesn't necessarily need to separate myself unless I choose to, Right. I think there's, there's it's power and in, in, there's some power in choosing that. And I, this is where code switching comes up for me. Yeah. You know, having been raised around black and brown communities up north in Jersey, most of my experience, you know, was was ingrained. Like I would talk one way around family. Well, there's another way that and, and I was taught that I was taught like when you go to school, my mom would part my hair. We always had pristinely clean clothes that were, I mean, our jeans had creases on them. You know, it was absolutely ridiculous. Love you, mom. But that was ridiculous, you know, and <laughs> yeah, and it was, it all stemmed from this idea of like, we have to present you out into the world a certain way. So you get access. Yeah. You don't talk this way in school. You don't say those things around these people. It's so much so that that influenced my choice around the college that I went to and Wanting one of the biggest things I wanted to get out of college was to develop my articulation, you know, oh. and because how I was going to navigate this world, right? Like, 
People with money talked a certain way, right? People with access behaved a certain way, you know, so it was code switching was very, very much ingrained, but it also was this way to connect with family and friends and to be real yeah. in a way that was definitely more freeing than the, the you know, than, than trying to have to play into something else. Yeah, absolutely. And so. So now, you and I were having this conversation just the other day. Now I love to choose code switching from a very intentional connecting space. But it also does feel like, you know, like knowing Pig Latin. Like being the only people <laughs> in the room who know Pig Latin and who can, who can say these things and, and talk. And, you know, um, it, it is something that that gets to be mine. You know, so... It's interesting when we start to have this conversation around divided lives because there's an aspect of it that isn't always uh, we're aware of and we don't always choose it. But then there's this other aspect that feels like a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting because, you know, just the layers of this and, and being open and what else pops up for me. I don't know that I really thought about it until like just now. That code switching, part of what I love about code switching is just the efficiency of it, right? Mm -hmm. So like the the language and the level of communication that I have with like my family or, you know, my, my like inner circle is so efficient, like so much so. And like my mom's not a great example, but like my mom and I almost don't even speak in full sentences sometimes. And, or we'll use these words that like anyone else would be completely confused or out of context, even for us, doesn't make any sense, but we're like, oh yeah, I get the thing or, you know, the thing, 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 and like thing and thing, thing and thing, thing, thing are all very different. And we know exactly what it is in that moment, you know, but like, it's also just efficient and it's a way of like being endearing and it, and I guess the bigger context of what I'm thinking about now is the labor that's involved in it. And when you're, when you feel the need to then like change in like maybe a professional environment or in, in in certain company like what is the energy that you have to expend to translate some of your thoughts or um and I don't know that I I think you know you make a great point and I try to embrace this it's not necessarily a good or a bad it is what it is and how do we use it right so I'm trying not to assign a positive or negative connotation to this but just um I think for me, the big thing with any of this is, is their choice. Like any, anything that we say in this conversation is, do I personally have a choice? And so, you know, going into maybe a more professional environment and having to explain that what exactly the thing is and like define it and how it's used in the parameters, like that is a different level of work, right? I don't know that it's a bad thing per se, because sometimes refining the definition there gives a clarity or an understanding in a different context. But I think it's the inflexibility around, around it. Like, do, do I have the choice to bring my whole self to work? Like, you know, thinking about it, like if I started going to work with makeup on and then didn't go to work with makeup on for like a month, are people going to start to ask me if I'm sick? or you know or something's wrong or oh my god like they start whispering and you know there's like you know just like what are the perceptions like do I have the flexibility and and I think the bigger thing is the the larger implications of those perceptions right like okay she's not wearing makeup 
So she's sick. She's busy. Things are rough at home. She's poor. Like whatever it is, you know, like what are, and then how do those implications impact our relationship? And, and more importantly, like not more importantly, but also, um, my mobility and, um, in the work environment, like my, my pay and promotion abilities, like all of those things factor in, um, yeah, I think I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting in, I'm talking, but I'm really sitting in what it means, like the energy around code switching and embracing the efficiency in like my more intimate personal spaces. Yeah. I, you know, it's, I love that you're sitting with this because it, it is looking at it as this multifaceted living thing, right. That we give, that we give life to. And it's, it's interesting. Cause I remember one of my favorite influencers is Miss Tab, Miss Tabitha Brown. And, uh, there's everything that I love about her, right. From her food to her personality, to all the different layers of what she's been able to create in her life for herself and her family and all of that. And I remember there was a part where she really started to tackle code switching. Yeah. And what it meant for her and her choosing to and even declaring that she was going to be herself. Right. You have this southern woman living in California. And one of the things people love about her are her her little sayings, her little phrases, which is rooted in her southern culture. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it is, It be, you know, to your point of like sitting with it, it be, for me, it becomes this double edged sword because when we when we take code switching, right? That in and of itself is a divided life act, if you will. And when I think of Miss Tab, I'm like, yeah, I, I do want to declare this is who I am and this is how I'm going to be no matter where I'm at or who I'm with. And I wonder if you have to get to a certain space in your life or within society, really, not maybe your life, but within society where you have the freedom to do that, right? I wonder if Miss Tab would have been able to do that before she was a, you know, international social media icon. Yeah. Right? Before, you, know, be, you know, with Tab and Living Divided Lives, I, I, I'm i still sitting with it, much like you, this double-edged. I think the interesting thing about Tabitha Brown, though, is like, she said a number of times in her interviews, one, that she didn't glow up overnight. Like, I think we see her and it looks like a fantastic three years or four years, whatever it is. But she's like 20 years. We moved back and forth from Eden and back to California. We moved in with family, you know, flying back and forth when her mom was sick. But she's like one of the turning points because she was doing all of these acting gigs was when she stopped changing her accent. She stopped trying to mask the Southern accent. So to your point with the comments, with the sayings, the phrases, the the fun phrases, um, I think it's also in her accent and showing up authentically. And I think you know, I think as we talk about divided lives, one of uh, one of the things that I'm grapple with is I don't know that I've ever felt, not ever, I don't know that I think of divided lives from the sense of like I'm one person over here and I'm another person over here. I I think I embrace the Shrek model of divided lives, um, being an onion with layers, and so it's like the context to see how many layers you get. Like I'm still nerdy, I'm still quirky. I'm still like generally a positive person. I have wit and humor, but like how much of that you get, how like colorful or engaging or like really weird the comments are like, have I broken out my useless whale knowledge on you? Like that should be, you know, <laughs> like an indication of like the context. I hope everyone's in the track because otherwise this just sounds crazy. <laughs> 
Well, you know, if not, go see Shrek. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, I, I think, you know, I think it's intriguing. And I think what I, in this moment, what I would love for our listeners Hey y'all, uh, to get from this is that this is something that's still developing in our lives. We're yeah. still we're still trying to figure out where we sit in in the idea of divided lives and how that shows up and whatnot. So it's not to say that we have it all figured out. We're literally just sharing some of the experiences in our current perception around that. And you said something in in the last episode, which I loved, is like, check on me in two weeks. I have a different answer, right? <laughs> Um, you know, and so there, there definitely is this, you know, this, um, ever changing and, and growing aspect to not only this conversation, but most of our conversations yeah. that, that you will experience the, you know, there's a, uh, an influencer, he's a foodie influencer here, um, which I, I got to meet him when he was just first starting out. And which is really cool because he is more of a computer guy in his everyday life. And uh, he just started like went on Instagram and it was very much one of those like effortless Instagram stories where like I just started sharing my stuff and then all these people started following me. And now yeah. he is for Charlotte. He is a staple when it comes to food in Charlotte and especially when it comes to black and brown owned businesses. And so his name is Corey. Why I'm bringing him up is because I was recently, recently watching one of his videos and he had a hoodie on and one of his promo videos promoting some local food. And he, it said, be yourself. They will adjust. Ooh. Ooh. Right? Oh. Right? And what I love more about it was black hoodie, white text. Right. So that really stands out. Um, that and it's a it's a powerful statement right it's a powerful statement i i see so much of that in miss tab deciding i'm gonna be myself they will adjust and how they have adjusted you know you can now see through her social media what she's able to do you know trips for family and because she's recording she gets to write it off on her business like you know the adjustment has been lovely so i say all that to say that there obviously are some benefits from choosing to be who you are and embracing as much of you as possible and letting the world experience that. Like we have so many examples. While that might be scary, it might be daunting. There, There is some benefit. You know, I, I think this makes me think about, you know, the years I was closeted, if you will, uh, and the, the internal struggle that I went through and being afraid of, of coming out, you know, and but yet having these curiosities, having this desire, especially as a, as a teenager, I remember when dial-up came up and I remember when we, when we were, we were, so I didn't know, I was very, I grew up very naive around most adult things, you know, money, sex, like all things that are like big things that really can affect your life in many different ways. And so I remember we were at, my siblings and I, we were at a library and I wanted to look up Britney Spears on the internet and I type in Britney.com and this is when the internet was so new that people really didn't know about you know security and blocking websites and things like that and so Britney.com unfortunately was not Britney Spears it was a porn site and in a library in a library I was like how does this even cut? like I feel like know, that actually happens a lot <laughs> oh my gosh like you know Poor freaked out Right, right. Uh, poor patrons. I was, I was mortified. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm young. I didn't know. I was absolutely mortified, super embarrassed. My siblings were around. And in that moment, you know, in, in that embarrassment, I'm like, I need to like girls. 
like in my mind like i just don't even like this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me like i just really wanted to spears right and nobody knows coming out during like your siblings like, no, no, no no that was that was all internal yeah that was all internal dialogue like i'm just freaking out because i'm like this would happen to me like you know just all those narratives and you know now that i knew that was even a possibility like i remember wanting to provoke that curiosity and feed that curiosity, you know, around homosexuality. And I remember my parents when my dad first got dialed up, you know, you couldn't use the phone and this is loud, obnoxious noise. So everybody knew you were getting on the computer. Uh, one night I got bold enough not to care because I'm like, I want to go on this computer and I want to like, is there like a male version of BritneySpears.com? Like, you know, or Britney.com? Like, I, I, like, where do I ask questions? Where do I, you know, know? And, um, just that aspect of even just going through that whole experience. Um, and there's been multiple times as a, as a young adult, you know, growing up in my teenage years where I had been caught researching things, whether they're inappropriate or not, but they're definitely surrounded around my sexuality and just being able to ask questions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so that that's one of my early experiences with living divided life and feeling like I, I just couldn't, I couldn't ask questions. I couldn't tell people because of shame, blame, and guilt that was riddled in in how we be as you know as a culture and a family, and and that was one thing that I did not want to divide me more. I think that's the biggest lesson that I'm learning about divided lives is how I allow things to divide me and separate me from experience around with other humans, like love. Yeah, you know, really being able to experience love, togetherness, connection, commitment, right? Um, and how living a divided life separates me from all of those things and more. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think like, I just, I, I, one, I just can't quite shake. And I think for me, this season of my life, so much of, of my actions and my intentions are about efficiency, but even, even your comment about Corey's hoodie, like what was the exact phrase again? They'll be, adjust. be you, they'll adjust. Be you, they'll adjust. I think it's like challenging our perception. Cause I hear that. And when I first heard it, it was like, Oh, yeah, you know, basically like push everybody else out the way, like take up your space. And that for like three seconds felt really like bold and badass and empowering and fantastic. But I think the reality is like, what is the softer version of that? What is they'll adjust to you showing up authentically to your love, to your fullness, to your wholeness? How do they respond? Like, and, and back to Tabitha Brown, like we love her more as her authentic self. She has gotten further as her authentic self, embracing all the quirks with um, <laughs> her Sheila. Do you know Sheila, her like spatula that she's named yeah. that she like takes everywhere with her when she's cooking, yes. um, you know, or Donna, you know, Donna's yeah. recipe, like all of the little quirks and the things that like, you know, anybody else would be like, you named your hair, you named your hair, your hair talks, like all of those things are what has endeared us to it and like literally has all become different product lines. And mm -hmm. so be yourself, they'll adjust. Like, I don't, I, one, I, I just want to say out loud, like that doesn't have to be a negative or have a negative connotation associated with it. And I think for me, just like this idea of a divided life, you know, what does that look like from 
the sake of efficiency. Like I feel like I'm fighting so much in this period of my life for my mental energy back for my space. I want to, you know, it doesn't matter. Usually I'm doing things with the thoughts, but even if I wasn't like my brain is constantly going and you can watch me and you know, I fight really hard to be present in our conversations. Like I'm like, okay, I'm locked in, you know, but, like, but often I'm making a grocery list or I like, I have to catch myself when I like wander or I'm like chewing on a situation that happened in the past or I'm, I'm, you know, thinking way too hard about something that's in the present or in the future, the potential of the future. Like I just want my mental space back. I want the energy to show up as one person. I want to not have to like question. And for me, so much of it, it shifted over the years what it was, but so much of it was like, okay, did you reapply your lipstick after lunch before you went into this meeting? Is your eyeliner looking crazy? Like, and all of these things are happening. Is your dress down? Did you, did you tuck like, and especially in the winter, did you tuck your dress into your tights? You know, like does everything like all of these things. And so that's like physical appearance, but then it's like the levels of, did you use a phrase that is a colloquialism or do they understand that? Did you provide a definition? And so I found myself even in my last uh, like job often asking, does that make sense? Does that mm -hmm. make sense? And I knew the intention of why I was asking it. It was to make sure that everyone was tracking with me, that we were on the same page because so much of what we were doing, because it was a big heady conceptual thing that we were building out of literally our imagination was like, are we all imagining the same thing? And so constantly, does that make sense? Are you with me? But I heard myself, especially as a woman, like, at what point is that no longer making sure that we're on the same page? And is that, like, a different version of the, like, over-apologizing, you know? And so trying to balance and all of that. But, like, all of it was in my head of, like, and so it's crazy because, like, I would be in these rooms with people staring at you, smiling, nodding, seemingly on task. But I'm, like does he think I'm crazy? Did he hear me? Is he hearing what I said? And I'm like in the past and in the future and in the present, but not really in the present. And just like all of this is happening, like multiple people in my head. God, what is the name of that? Is a Pixar movie with the emotions and each emotion is separate. And there's like these core memories and this little girl and she's, oh God, what is it called? I never remember. Anyway, I'll, I'll mention it in something, but like, it, it makes me think about that. Like how each, each aspect of her personality is like battling. No, we're happy. We're sad. You know, we're up and down. And, and like, all of that is happening inside of me, but to you, I'm, I'm here. And so like, even before you know, obviously we started talking about like the efficiencies and what it means to show up in different spaces, but before anyone else, like I want to live my whole not divided life for myself first. Mm. Like, and I think that's the point. I think that's what we would get to, but like, I'm, I am almost desperate to have all of me back before anyone else can consume that before anyone else can appreciate. It. And like, sure. If you get to be a part of it, you know, you get to have all of these weird conversations with me. Oh my God, the weird conversations. But it's about me getting me back first and like being fully present and solid in my thought and my understanding. And I'm so like, I am hungry for that in a way that I don't even know that I fully understand or that I can articulate to anyone else. <laughs> Makes so much sense. And I, I definitely can um, relate to, to that hunger and everything you just said, just, it really makes me realize how overwhelming divided lives can be or trying oh. to, 
portray this. And I wonder, you know, for even like just going back to Miss Tab and her story, right, you know, trying to get all these gigs and, you know, um, you know, going for on all of these auditions and trying to portray to someone else. And it's like all the work that it, it takes to do all of that. And how I, I wonder how much ease she experienced now just because she is being herself authentically but and that's really scary like when i say that and i think about that like and i see her she's a beautiful example of that I'm like yes the bright colors the big personality the multiple personalities and how fun she has with it and how donna you know gets to be this more sassy version do you know that you know that this very god-fearing woman would never dream of right she calms not only donna down but sometimes you know her husband uh which which i love <laughs> Right. Uh, and just seeing their dynamic. Right. But then it's because of her embracing her authenticity. Now we we it's expanded into our life and we get to experience her husband, you know, through their podcast. We get to experience her children. I mean, hell, even Blackie. His own ah. little personality, right. Uh, which is her dog. If you don't know Tabitha Brown, please go check her out. She's amazing. Um, right. Much like in the trailer, we talked about, you know, showing up as authentically as, as possible. Right. And and what does that look like? You know, so I, I do find this conversation extremely empowering. And I, I, I start to think what questions can I start to ask myself that I can start to live into in my everyday life? You know, and, and I think one of the first questions that comes to my head is how can I live more authentically expressed a little bit every day. Yeah. So I, yes. And, um, I'm, as you were talking and even as I'm hearing myself, I want to acknowledge that there's privilege to this. Mm, that the idea of living authentically especially while you're figuring out what authentic means and looks like, because there's layers of the unlearning and, and peeling back that there's privilege with that. Like you don't necessarily get to be all tight and buttoned up at work. And then the next day show up in sweatpants and hoodie, you know, you don't get to all of a sudden just like pop off at the mouth and say exactly that unfiltered thing in your mind, right? Like you still have to pay bills. You still have to like, you know, manage a household or families or whatever your responsibilities are and, and navigating that. And, you know, I think, you know, I don't know, maybe we should just dedicate this episode to Tabitha Brown, but like, I'm thinking about Tabitha Brown when her cooking show was supposed to come out. And I don't remember the, all the ins and outs of it, but there was a specific thing and some pushback with the network and they wanted her to do something that she was. Do you remember what it was? I don't remember what it was, but I remember that she turned it down and I remember her talking a little bit about that. Yeah. So it ended up like she ended up losing like a primetime slot or something like whatever the time was supposed to be. She got kind of pushed. They put tried to put baby in the corner with like a with an unfavorable time slot or less, you know, desired time slot. And she was like, it is what it is. Like, I'm not about to compromise. But that means that she didn't make that money, that all of the team didn't make the money, like all of the people working on that didn't make the money in the returns. And that is a lot of responsibility. And to be able to just walk away from that and to say no, like there's a certain level of integrity, but there's also a certain level of privilege because, you know, you put yourself in a position, you have other things, you have other people, you know, that circumstances that can basically, <laughs> I love this word, undergird you um, in the process. 
Um, but that's not, that's not everyone's reality or, you know, thinking about the team that goes with her, maybe Tabitha had it together, but like the people that were connected to her, maybe not, are maybe not be in a position or to, to manage or navigate that quite as well. And so I don't want to, as we're thinking about this and, and I say that, you know, Tabitha Brown, like just thinking very externally, there are periods and even like being fully transparent, starting own businesses and things like that. Like there are periods where I'm like, yeah, not all good, not all business is good business, but also like about the rent being due on the first or technically the fifth, but you know, like in just managing that. So like, I don't, I don't have to go as far as Tabitha Brown. Like there are just very real realities and constraints that we're navigating. And so I don't ever want to make it seem like it's so simple to just wake up one day and be like, I'm going to be authentic. And every day before this, I was choosing to live a lie. It's, it's not, (laughs) it's complex. It's messy. And ask me again in two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. And and I think, you know, for me that just what you said so eloquently and so beautifully, it, you know, I shows up in, in this way for me, right? Like, what if, what if Tab not giving into whatever the network wanted her to do, to your point of that being a privilege, what if that is one, because I'm a firm believer, even though I don't really embrace good, bad, right or wrong. Um, I do believe that this is going to sound contradictory, but go with it, people, please. (laughs) I I do believe that good will always prevail. Yeah. And I wonder if Tab being able to say no and stand her ground in in who she is and and herself in being secure within herself is a privilege that has come from her life and what she's maybe had to struggle through. Right. I wonder how many times while doing auditions and whatnot, did she really want to say no? But she said yes, because of this idea of I got a family. I, you know, rent is due, you know, all all the things, you know, Um, and and how that has influenced her now being like, yeah, I have a family. Yeah. Rent is due. Right. Or mortgage. And I'm still not going to do that. Yeah. Who am I as who I am as a person? And and how much more of that do we need as a world, you know, today, you know, now more than ever. And especially as a black woman, being able to, especially to a system, to a network that's going to give her a show, to stand in that and to not allow the, the narratives or the perceptions or the what ifs that, that fear based to influence her saying yes to something that she really means no to. Yeah. Because in itself isn't authentic. That right there, right, isn't authentic in itself. And so when I live a divided life, this brings up the question for me is like how, what does it mean energetically when I'm living a divided life or I'm saying yes when I really mean no? And what am I calling into my space? And how many more times am I going to have to learn that lesson Mm. before I, like Tabitha Brown, say no and stand in it? Because yeah. I know what's going to happen is, is eventually I say no once or I get to this place that I'm hoping to get to that may look nothing like I thought it would. Because I think it's a big thing for me with Tab, right? She wanted to be an actress. So she went out and auditioned for all these parts. And now she gets to be this real human being just living her life. There's yeah. no act, you know, and, and, and which is so great, which I imagine is the pinnacle is the best thing she could ever want for herself, you know? And so I, I just, I can't help but just go back to this idea, you know, the universe granted her another opportunity to practice that lesson again with this network. 
back the overarching question if i summed all of this up is like what are the cost of living a divided life or not living a divided life mm. and how do you tally that for yourself whether yeah. that's you know for me which like my biggest currency is like time and energy mental space right now but also like potentially money or relationships or you know navigating certain professional experiences like what is the cost of living a divided life and that's both positively and negatively like what are what are the pros cons however you want to say that and again not necessarily good or bad but like what what are you willing to pay for basically what are you willing to to expend uh resources on yeah, you know, hearing you say that, I think of like in, in an effort to connect the positive and negative, right? Where they hear about like what is the expense and what is the payoff to divide your life. Yeah, what what is what is at what expense? Do you know? Um, are are you living a divided life? But then also to our earlier conversation, what's the payoff? What do you get? Yeah. What do we? I mean, you know, I, there's so much we talked about earlier. Like there is a connectivity. I, when I code switch with people, I feel connected. I feel known. I feel understood. There's a familiarity there with them, whether I know them or I don't. Yeah. You know, you know, so, so you posing that question, what is the expense and what is the payoff of living a divided life? I think is a very, very powerful question that, you know, could be a part of your process if you choose to embrace this, right? In a way that, and you being our listeners, in a way that the Chanel and I are are embracing this. You know, thinking about first planting the seeds of awareness and asking self, how do I live a divided life, and and how, and and when, where, and why do I live a divided life? I think yeah. So the who, what, when, where of why, you know, in from the perspective of are you living a divided life? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then going down, you know, and, and, and once you understand that and you see that, like, does it work or doesn't it work? And then what's the balance, right, uh, between the expense and the payoff? Uh, you know, but then how, I just love this, this Tabitha Brown aspect of, of, like, how might you be selling yourself for something that is not really worth all that you have to bring to the table? Right. You know, I mean, yeah, Tab might have gotten some good money and airtime off of that show, but what at what expense? Right. You know, would she have internally been happy with herself knowing that she chose something, you know, that did not align with her? Or, or quite frankly, was her being inauthentic in that moment going to undermine everything else that she had? Because it would have caused people to question her integrity, which is the cornerstone of her brand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think about one of my icons growing up, Jennifer Lopez. She recently came out with an alcohol brand and she received so much backlash because she doesn't drink and she has, you know, celebrated that she doesn't drink for years. And now all of a sudden she has, you know, a liquor, I mean, she has a liquor brand, right? It's not like it's Katy Perry who has a non-alcoholic, you know, wine and spirits brand. Um, She directly, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it, you know, it's, at, at, at what expense, especially when you're, you know, a public figure in, in that sense, right? But yeah. it's, it's the hypocrisy. I mean, ultimately, we are, we are living in hypocrisy all the time. I mean, you know, I think capitalism perpetuates hypocrisy, uh, um, you know, and, 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 you know, to a certain extent, like, damn, Jennifer Lopez, like, 
that, because that becomes a people thing. Like, why are you making my, why are you making our people look bad? Like, why would you know? And, and I get okay, get your coins, but to what expense? Again, like yeah. I, I ultimately just want to echo again that you know we're in the throes of this. We're we're still planting seeds, and we're learning how to water them and cultivate them and uproot them in ways that bring us closer to home within ourselves yeah and a lot of that coming home to self is is very new and we're having to build it brick by brick because it doesn't always connect to what we've learned or who we've needed to be or who we've gotten to be in the past uh and certainly doesn't connect to who we are maybe trying to be in the future and i now intentionally go to spaces and places with or without people from this perspective of like, how much am I going to be me? You know, especially when I talk about public, right? Like walking into a public space, you know, as a gay man, I am not always easily identified, you know, uh, by people. And even, even as a Latino man here in the South, I'm, people don't necessarily assume that I am Latino, um, you know, so it's interesting walking into some of these spaces and as we embrace this idea of divided lives, really having to sit with that attachment to like, what are other people going to think? And I think that's the biggest thing that I take away from, from Miss Tab is if you are being authentic to yourself, it really won't matter what other people are thinking. Yeah. Or, but to the story around JLo if you are not being authentic to yourself, that is going to stand out. And people, even if people don't necessarily know you, you will be uncomfortable, you know? And so I, I do find myself when I walk into certain spaces now thinking like, how gay can I be? I do. Like I, I do, you know, <laughs> you know, or, or I think sometimes it sounds more like how gay, how gay should I be or shouldn't I be, you know? Especially when I'm with women all the time, I'm like, it's just the way you said it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's serious, and I do play with that. I'm like, it's a very serious question for me, but I am playful with it because I think about like, I most of my friends are women, and they're heterosexual women at that, right? So here I am, you know, being this cockblock. Friend, can I request that you be a little bit more gay in the company of beautiful men that I might be interested in? Because you ruin all of my abilities to talk to anybody beautiful because they think we're together. We are right. not together for the world. Right. Could you just so, be a smidge more gay? <laughs> even, even though I know it. You know, oh. it's clear that we're not together. <laughs> no. Uh, Good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's. I don't know. I think I'm, I'm, there's just so much to sit with. And I think, um, I say this to you, Chris, but I say this to like anyone who's listening, like figure, like figuring out what it means to be authentic and understanding the the levels or to the extent to which you may be living a divided life in and of itself is hard. Mm -hmm. And I applaud anyone who is uh, choosing that journey because it can be exhausting. If you call me, I don't know, six days out of the week, I'm probably going to answer the phone with adulting's hard. Um, and it feels like such a millennial thing to say, but like taking responsibility and changing patterns and like, especially generationally and culturally, like it is hard work, but the level of peace 
that I am getting and the level of joy and that I'm able to embrace and the friendships and connections that I'm able to have that feed who I want to be as a result of this hard work is absolutely worth it for me. Um, and I hope that that is, you know, something that you and other people, um, get as you're, you know, making a expense credit list. That's not the word you use, but you know, we get it. Uh, pro con list about like what this looks like or, or the tiny ways as you think about the tiny ways to like build momentum and take back, you know, uh, your whole identity and all of the spaces that you exist. I hope that that feels like more peace and more joy and always like, I mean, just understanding what it means and how to love yourself. Like the how is so, so critically important, but yeah, I don't know. What else you got? Yeah. Well, I, I just love everything you said and really how you described all that. What just kept coming up for me is empowered by me. Yes. You know, and, and through these conversations, we get to be empowered by we, you know, and so hearing you talk about, you know, all the things like the peace that you get and, and the love, you know, all these things that you get to feel it, all those things feel like empowered by me because I'm doing the work because I say so taking yeah. this on, do you know, um, for whatever, to your point, like whatever capacity that looks like for you. And, and for me, it, I realize that I have to have an air of playfulness with it. If it is, if I'm too adult about it, if I'm too serious about it, that will lead me to a place where I, I don't want to go, uh, at all. And so learning to be lighthearted and playful around it and, and in a way of giving myself grace, you know, and, and sometimes like telling on myself, you know, um, because because I'm on the court in the game of life in a way that I I want to I want to win. Yeah. You know? Um so yeah, so thank you. Thank you so much for that and and game on. You know. Oh, I love it. Game on. Yeah. 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 I think that's it for today. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Have a great day. Ciao. Thank you for joining us for this episode. It is a privilege to share our experiences and reflections with you. Our goal isn't to have you just agree with us. Our hope is that you'll be inspired to look within and consider some of the same questions and perspectives for yourself. We invite you to continue to curate a brave space for yourself, exploring and embracing your growth and celebrating your power, ownership, peace, and joy. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram and Facebook at ssbd.thepodcast. We look forward to connecting with you. Follow and share the podcast on all major platforms. And if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast as that helps us grow.